Welcome to episode 4 of the Fortitude Live podcast. I am your host, Ian the Rhino, and get ready for an epic episode full of laughs, jokes, lots of thoughtful discussion, and more. Okay, seriously though. That was pretty epic, and that was totally done in one take. What's up, guys? Welcome back for another episode. I'm your host, Ian the Rhino, and I'm really excited for this episode. This was a really fun one. Um, This episode is actually from right before we recorded episode three. I've kind of jumbled them up out of order. Uh, It's me, Marcus, good friend Zach Talander, who runs a YouTube channel and uh, Instagram also, as well as our other buddy, Joey Zatmary, who uh, owns a gym up in the northeast part of the U.S. and runs a YouTube channel and an Instagram as well. Uh, Zach's a weightlifting coach. Joey is a strongman, uh, does a little bit of bodybuilding, also does some jujitsu. Zach is now dabbling in some jujitsu also, as well as myself and uh, good friend, co-host Marcus Leone, who uh, is the world's strongest uh, real estate broker, by the way. Um, He hates that title, so I actually had to say it. So this episode is really cool. We actually start out talking a little bit about YouTube we go into detail and uh, talk a little bit more about, you know, some of the fallacies of Instagram and kind of the the things that it promotes that we don't necessarily like that it promotes and some of the traps that younger lifters fall into whenever they see, you know, other people doing things on Instagram. We talk a little bit about, you know, some of our coaching methodologies. This episode doesn't really have like a, a specific flow. We kind of touch on a lot of things as well as the, epi- the next episode after this one episode five, um, which I think will be really, I I actually really liked doing these because they didn't really have a scripted flow. We just kind of put on the mic and started chatting when you get four interesting minds in the mix, you know, the conversation usually goes to some pretty interesting places. This episode is of course brought to you by the one, the only certified Piedmontese um, straight from Nebraska. Some of the best, uh, best beef you can get. This is probably one of the best uh, best brands of steak, one of the best kinds of steak that I've had. And the coolest thing about it is that um, the taste is there, the protein's there, the nutrients are there, the fat content is low, the calories are low. So it's kind of like, the in terms of steak, it's probably one of the best steaks because it has all of the benefits of steak in terms of digestibility, tenderness, taste, uh, flavor, you name it, without all the drawbacks. Typically, steak has a lot of calories, has a lot of fat, has a ton of cholesterol. And most people, you know, not everybody's dieting to get bigger or gain size. There's a lot of people, most people, more often than not, are trying to keep their calories low. And they're trying to lose fat, you know, to improve their health markers, to drop body fat, maybe to look leaner physically, look better for a show, look better at the beach. I mean, let's let's um, let's face it, you know, that's most people, you know, most people just want to look good, feel good. And with the amount of calories we tend to get day to day, it it just makes sense that, you know, you want to limit your calories from sources that are typically high in those. And if you can, you know, most people can include red meat into their diet because of the fact that most red meat just has so many damn calories. And so Piedmontese, you know, their product is just one of the most superior uh, red meat beef products out there on the market nowadays for that reason. 
um, to top off, you know, not to mention the fact that, you know, the people behind it are amazing. They hold their product to a very high standard in terms of processing, in terms of animal husbandry, in terms of the ethics of their whole process. It's just second to none. So most of the arguments that people have against red meat are, um, you know, are kind of nullified with certified Piedmontese. So I'd encourage you guys to go check them out, hit up their website, www.piedmontese.com. Check out their products, see what all they offer, you know, go browse around, read about it, um, see where it come from, comes from, the history behind it. And if you do decide to buy, if you do decide to make an order, you can use code FORTITUDELIVE25 for a whopping 25% off your order. So please check it out, guys. Try it out. Use the discount code. Um, in terms of the podcast, hope you guys love this one. We're going to jump into the episode now. Um, if you enjoy it, please like, subscribe, share it on Instagram. Please tag me at Ian the Rhino. Tag Fortitude Sports Performance at Fortitude Sports Performance. I love whenever you guys send me messages, so please send me messages. Uh, tell me what you liked about the episode, what you didn't like. You know, Give me feedback. I always love hearing everyone's opinions and constructive criticism. I'm all about that. So without further ado, hope you enjoy this one. Well, we can, you started it. Yeah, we started Are it. Are we recording? Yeah, He's this is in recording. the bathroom still. That's fine. He'll come back in. So, Marcus, what I want to say about YouTube is that you have to be on it enough, and you let the algorithm kind of take care of what it gives you, and then it's really nice. That's not the point, though. To me, the weird part is being involved in somebody's life, like super intimate. Yeah, but that's not what I w- YouTube now is way more all-encompassing. It's not like just, hey, guys, this is my day today. No, like, I watch Rogan clips on there. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like, they're like, like 16, they're like 16 minute long clips, and they're very, very good to put on when yeah. you're eating your meal. You know how you don't know what to watch? You, you just made a nice meal, and you're sitting down, and you don't know what to watch? You just flip on YouTube, and you pull up a Rogan clip, and it's fantastic. That's literally my breakfast, except I do Jocko. Jocko, or just here, here's a good one. <laughs> Joey Diaz compilations dude you know joey diaz i still have a joey karate i can't do it it's like i feel like i'm tunnel visioned into somebody's world and i don't it's not dude it's way it's way more of like a media platform now i'm not saying i'm right i'm just saying that's well so so you gotta start yeah yeah right i get it you gotta i would say i would agree with you five years ago but now it's like it's way different it might be. There's still plenty of garbage because this is the world of content and there's garbage out there. There's a guy named Zach Tullender. He just pedals trash. That sucks. <laughs> Yo, here's how I feel about YouTube. I would love to do YouTube, but I feel like in order to stand out nowadays, you basically need like a fucking media crew to do it. No. Uh, I just feel like it's like a full-time gig almost. It's hard, no? but you can do it yourself. Would, would I think where it starts is like first off believing well, in the shit that you're doing. Well, it's like you can you can't. I mean, obviously both you guys do it, but it's like when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about like the time I have to invest in something between like business stuff and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's like all right, value for my time that I'm putting in and like ease of doing it. It almost seemed like all right. Well, before I do YouTube, it's like I gotta have sh- I, I gotta have the time to do stuff to put on YouTube. Like I have to almost, I feel like I have to have someone else filming shit. 
because like what am I going to put yeah, on? Yeah, but there? here here's a good example. You probably know uh, Eric Bugenhagen. Mm-hmm. You ever watch any of his stuff? It's fantastic, and it's all on an iPhone. Every one of it's a o- piece of art. It's a piece of art. But I'm, what I'm saying is it's it's so simple, and that dude is whatever 100k. Yeah, you know subscribers. But his is more like a meme culture, but it, it's awesome. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like you know there's no media crew there like this is, you know what i mean it's just pure content passion and he's doing a good job with okay it. so here here i've got your business pro- proposal right here you have clients you're showing before and afters of clients yeah. you have theories yourself that you have utilized and tested all you have to do is vocalize them so here's what youtube could be you know writing a blog post on your experience right yeah basically turning that into a video essay. That's how it can start. So you, you get like, uh, it's another medium to pass along information that you are an expert on that other people aren't. So like, so like maybe a, a before and after flashes and then it's me talking and saying, this is so-and-so, this right, is what well, we did, well, well, whatever. If you had a blog post on, because you basically do it's that. It's basically another medium to put out the exact same content. Exactly, that I do on but but then you get to do different things once you've built the the base. Sure. Like tomorrow, I'm gonna pull out the camera and just start shooting because and having everyone talk and make jokes. Sure. And people are gonna love that because they feel like it's a part. Um, they're a part of my experience now. Sure. And people like the personality, but they have to they have to respect the person first. So what you would have to do is to get your foot in the door. You know how you make your big Instagram posts and sure. people reshare them and they love them yeah. because the words you use, all you got to do is put those words into visuals, uh, put it on YouTube. People go, Oh, you know, I like this. This is a good two, three minute, four minute, five minute video. Then from there, you're like Ian Daniel. You're no longer just this guy who knows about powerlifting. We care about Ian Daniel yeah. and the knowledge that he yeah, has. Yeah. And then you just, go from they're there. following a person yeah yeah i think every one of your instagram posts could be just turned into youtube content easy and okay, then there's yeah. like i mean you guys have all probably heard of gary v but he just says you know document don't create so it's like everything you do can be documented and turned into a video and there's always content to be made from it yeah i, w- I would say like it's hard to just document and 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 if you don't have a following yeah, we, no one's going to care. You want to build the following first, for sure, which is going to be probably based off the content that you put on Instagram, which is information. Yeah. Um, but then once they get to know you, like, like Zach was saying, if we all train tomorrow, there's a lot of personality, you know, and a lot going on, and people want to be a part of that, so they watch that. It's like Juji does a really good job at that. Like yeah. his main thing is just entertainment, and they like the personality. Yeah. You know. Yes. No, I think there's got to be a place for education too, because there's so many fucking bad source of information on Instagram. So many bad powerlifters, so many bad strongmen and weightlifters and and bad advice. And, like, it sucks because, like, that's not my thing necessarily. Like, I don't make my money doing that. I don't – I get nothing out of it except for fun and enjoyment and, like, just because I'm passionate about strength. But I think there's a big hole somewhere in this world of, like, honesty and, like, truth – and that's always been a big thing of mine. That's something I always wanted to like explore in this world is like, how do you tease out like you, what's real and like you can't. That's the sad why? thing. Why though? Like, what do well, you mean? so you, the average consumer of something, you would you would like to think that they're super educated. They're gonna know what's bullshit and what's not, but bullshit can always wear a a, a pretty coat, you know. And, and oh, it does. But I'm yeah. saying I wish there was more like. 
here's the reality. Like, from my point of view, this is going to sound super cynical. The reality is 90% of people, their genetics are working against them. No matter what you're going to do, no matter what you're involved in, your training style, your sleep, your genetics are not going to let you do the big lift you see on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about in terms of, like... I'm just saying... Getting a following or something. No, 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 no. It's not even about a following. It's just, like, I think there's a lot of young kids getting into strength sports. Strongman, weightlifting, powerlifting, bodybuilding is a little bit different. But the stuff they see online is super misleading, and it's kind of sad because nobody talks about, okay, what's the reality of me being able to do this? Why is your favorite Instagram powerlifter so fucking good? Well, the truth is, there's a couple things they're not going to tell you. And then the other truth is, like, they're genetically predisposed to be incredibly strong no matter what they do. And they applied training stimulus and a couple other things, and bam, you got a guy bench pressing 800 pounds all of a sudden. Yeah, I had a really interesting conversation with a guy, and I'm not going to throw his actual name out there because I haven't gotten his permission to, but I was talking to him, and um, if we're going to take this route... And he was he pulls over like eight or nine hundred pounds, so I mean that obviously singles out certain people. But um, he was say, talking about how before he ever used any kind of like testosterone or anything, he was like, "Yeah, a lot of people don't believe me, but I pulled you know high sevens. I think he's think he said he did over an eight hundred pull before he ever did anything, and now he pulls over nine. But he was just like, "Yeah, a lot of people didn't believe me," and that kind of highlights the fact that most people who you're going to see pulling massive lifts or having a shot at world record lifts, whatever, pulling, you know, over the sevens, eights, nines are probably like very close to that doing, you know, those pulls that a lot of most, like most guys that are kind of subpar that might still, you know, be on gear are hitting as like their comp best. Those higher level lifters now we're pulling those lifts natural. And then close to it. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about, but I won't say it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I I believe it first off that he was pulling that. Yeah. And as far as as far as um, like more about what you were saying with um, the bullshit and and sifting through it. First off, I think the first thing you said was young kids. It's like. When young kids go on a platform and try to usher some sort of authority on something, they're already in the wrong because they haven't had enough enough experience. So if they're going to give you something and they haven't had a high experience in the thing, it's usually going to be bullshit unless if their experience – unless if the content they're giving you is here's what I've done, here's the results from what I've done, here's the lesson that I've learned. And here's what I can tell you guys about well, that. Well, there's, there's no that's just being pure. It. Yeah, but that, but yeah. that's. I think that's okay. Yeah. For, so for someone who isn't experienced, it's one thing if you're super experienced and you're like, let me tell you. But if you're not very experienced, and you uh, are building that experience up, and you're sharing the lessons you've learned and packaging it in a pretty good way. I think that's totally acceptable. I think it's acceptable to tell it based off your experience, but I think it's a, like I think what he's getting into is people who are who are they learning from? Like who's this right. next generation of athletes? Who is it that they're learning from, and is what they're telling other people? Because like, listen, social media for better or for worse is where people learn nowadays, and that's how they get into the sport. Yeah. And if they're learning from guys that are 
complete jackasses and they're not honest about uh, what it takes to get to the level that they're at, then it's, I think, super disingenuous. I think in the age we're in now, it's a lot harder to do that because of the rise of like the evidence-based community that's coming out too. So now there's actual stuff that they're putting behind it scientifically where before they would just see the biggest guy. He could say whatever he wanted. It could be, you know, bro science. And then they just take that verbatim and then they go and do that. Where now we have bigger people uh, with huge followings coming out and calling people out and then showing the evidence of why that's happening. So Mm -hmm. I think we're in like a weird time where it's like, you know, there's two different worlds kind of coming together. Um, this battle of evidence base versus anecdotal. Yeah, but, but like, like kind of like what, what Zach was saying, like for my channel personally, uh, I always am trying to like take people along with the journey of what I'm doing yeah. and kind of being like, like you said, this is what I'm doing. This is, you know, what I'm feeling. Here's things that I'm looking at or things that I'm reading, you know, giving them the tools to go and sift through stuff, find their own meaning. But at the same time behind my philosophy is like, I'm trying to be as non BS as possible. You know what I mean? I think this is one thing that Max, uh, continually said, and I kind of stolen it from him, but there's three things that this is for, for someone who's a good coach. Uh, but I would say, that goes for anyone who wants to give advice. You need three things. First is what have you done? And that doesn't mean... Got to walk the walk at least at right. some point. And it doesn't mean that you have to pull 800. No. It doesn't even mean you have to pull 600. Yeah. It just means what have you done? What's your body of work on yourself? Uh, and it, like I said, it doesn't have to be elite, but it has to show some grit. It has to show fortitude. Yeah. You know, It has to show some sort of perseverance and change. Secondly, what have you done with others? Meaning, have you taken someone with your results or your information? Have you grown them? Sure. And the third is, what have you done for w- with classic education, or what what have you learned from classic education, or or yeah, academically, or um, as far as like a mentorship would go, or or something like that. What are you, and then what are you doing to further your education? Those are three tiers that need to be perfectly presented in order for this person to be taken legitimately like where are you in the the third one in terms of like is this like where did you get your knowledge from kind of thing or it's more of a a i would say of all three of them it's the most and i can't think of the word it's the most uh practical like it's book smarts yeah um it's knowing terminology it's but then it's also that idea that you need to learn more and you need to expand upon what you already know. So it's not about – like the job is never done basically. Okay. So you have to be better. Uh, and the only way to be better is to learn from others. Sure, sure. Or, or, or sorry, or the other two steps. Interesting. And so if, if you are presenting information to people and you don't have those three tiers covered, maybe in a different thing. If it's whatever – if it's nutrition, if it's weight loss, things like that, then it's bullshit. Or or at least it can be questioned as such. So, Marcus, do all these young guys on Instagram have these things? What? what there's no they? fucking no, way. No, no, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, no. And I, I think there's two different schools of thought on that. And I kind of feel like an outsider looking in in some way because I don't know how I found myself in the position that I'm in where I've now been competing for four years and i found myself in a pretty good upward trajectory continuously getting stronger and never getting injured and finding myself here right so i don't i don't know how to explain my own progress except just fucking like 15 years of grinding it out in the gym 
And that's something you can't teach people. And I think the the original thing that I'm trying to like tease out that kind of bugs me and also worries me. And I like when I have like like friendships or mentorship type relationship with younger weightlifters, I always tell them the same thing. And I swear it probably sucks to hear it. It's like number one, who are you learning from? What has your coach done? Just like you said, mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. what's he done? Is he a good deadlifter? Like, do you want to go take deadlift advice from that guy? If not, like, you need to sit back and question your relationship with this dude if you don't think that he has something of value to offer. Number two, I don't think that the emphasis is in the right place. There's not enough learning from all the different disciplines. I see a lot of young USAPL lifters. They'll go in, and they're doing non-stop squat bench and deadlift. Yeah. No accessories that are worth a shit to me because, like it or not, if you want to be good at squatting, you better build up a really thick torso, a really strong back, yeah. and really big legs. And how do you do that? I guarantee you the fastest way to do that is not by just squat benching a bit. Marcus, you're going to trigger some people. If also, you, you that's gotta, the point, though. You, you, you also have to build up a basis of fitness right. for the sport. So And learn from other disciplines. Yeah. You know what I think? I You know what? I, I Beside the fact that I was bigger naturally, weightlifting is what taught me a lot about how to be a good powerlifter. It taught me mobility. It taught me flexibility. It taught me speed. It taught me the ability to connect with a barbell. Yeah. That, I mean, listen, there's not enough of that. There's not enough powerlifters learning from weightlifters, weightlifters learning from powerlifters, strong men learning from everybody else. One of the hardest things for me in my channel, and it's probably why it hasn't grown, is because I love everything. You know, Mm -hmm. so I started off just lifting and then I got into bodybuilding and then bodybuilding led to, uh, to CrossFit and then CrossFit to weightlifting, weightlifting to strongman. Um, but as an athlete, like, like kind of like you're talking about, like soaking all that up and then meeting people at high levels at, uh, in each of those strength sports, like you kind of take little bits and pieces, uh, from each of them. And it makes you just a, such a better athlete. You're like me, but a step further because you've done strong. Well, no, no, no. See, so see, I was thinking actually on the drive up here, I was <laughs> like, Ian and I are super similar, but I haven't done powerlifting oh. and you haven't done strongman. Yeah. So wait, when you said 275 weight class, what's what? For strongman. Uh. Yeah, so I compete as a 242 or a 105. The 105, the weight cut is just getting too difficult. Um, so yeah. I won the... the uh, national title as a 242 but i was the lightest guy in the class so oh, i'm just trying to fill out to 275 and still be a heavyweight and compete oh, there how tall are you six two. Oh man you're like me you got miles to grow oh i know you dude and, and, and literally i've been holding back like for so long because the 232 cut it just it was just getting too tough for me to keep doing you just get you have to cut a little bit more and then a little bit more and a little bit more i was gonna say because you mentioned you said 242 i was like wait but 105 you so at worlds it's 105 yeah in uh uss nationals it's a 242 there's two different classes uh, yeah because i have a friend of mine who does who has his pro card and he's done a lot of that and that's how i kind of know a little bit about that about yeah. that he, he lives in jacksonville and i went him went with him to the olympia in like 2018 or 2019 to help him do his ivs after the weight cut yeah. so he could like rehydrate and like help them compete and shit that that uh yeah that i cut 25 for the yeah. one and uh but kind of back to what your your point had sparked with my training currently so for me to get to where i wanted to go to 
like you're talking about accessories and powerlifting, right? And I was doing a lot of that and strongman stuff. Um, but I have goals like I want to pull over 800 pounds. I want to log clean and press over 400 pounds. And I, I just spent the last uh, four or five months just doing hypertrophy work, you know, because that was such a necessary step. And, and at first I was hesitant because I felt like it was almost a, like I was going backwards mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing my strength training. But mm-hmm. in order to increase the cross-sectional size of my muscle, yeah. we, we got to grow it, you yeah. know. So just kind of piggyback on what you were saying, yeah. like – like unless you're Jamal Browner pulling over 800 pounds as a skinny dude, it's just not in the cards yeah. for most people. Yep. Like it took me getting to my current weight to like you know I just hit my biggest deadlift ever in the gym. Damn straight, baby. Uh, what yeah. was your biggest deadlift, Marcus? What that, that's a that's an achievement. 400 kilos. I that's pulled awesome. 80, Let's go. Nice round number. What yeah. is that in pounds? 882. Holy Coming for 900 shit. this year. So why didn't you actually go for the 900 afterwards? <sighs> I'm just giving him shit for everybody. He's saving it for tomorrow. I'm just giving him shit because we all sat around and like, we didn't even really congratulate him for the 882, which (laughs) pissed him off. I mean, we sat around and we're like, why don't you just add 20 more pounds? I'm sorry, but 400 is way cooler than 900. Really? Yeah, but 410 is going to be sick. Yeah, but but from my perspective, just because we don't like we don't talk in pounds and kilos, like power, yeah, powerlifters do goal. know both. By yeah, the way, yeah, I know both. Yeah, like yeah. very well, they know both. Yeah, if you're, a lot, lot don't. A lot are just they're so stuck on the. Uh, I only know pounds. Like I know I train with a few dudes that are like that, and they're just like, I don't like you're putting on kilo plates, and he's like, well, what is it in pounds? I'm like, you're putting on yeah, kilo you fe- plates. Yeah, that's just like, so illogical. <laughs> you're like, you get on your high horse, man. I'm like, what the? F-? Like, it's just you know what everybody else uses it. But anyways, my point was like the training leading up to that lift to get to a big de- like. It's not what people think. No, I, and I, it does. Number one requires higher body weight, unless you're, unless you're a freak of nature like Yuri Belkin or Jamal Brown, or like you're not going to do it as a light yep. dude. And number two, most of the time you probably should be training submaximally with your body not taking a beating, not taking a central nervous system beating, not putting pressure on your spine, not putting pressure on your hips. Like, be nice to your body because you like. You know, the adage is the guy who is the strongest at the end of the day is the one who can train the longest without injury, right? Mm-hmm. No question. Uh, th- this actually is about Joey's point and yours because my exposure to powerlifting is through Chad, mm. JTS, and his thing was he broke his back, so he had to come back from that back injury, and he would do... How did he break his back? He was doing an ox deadlift. Do you know what an ox deadlift is? Fuck, I feel like I've heard of that before. It's um, sounds like something that'll break your back. Yeah, and he did it. <laughs> yeah. He was doing it with like some crazy weight. Yeah, I bet. Um, and and he developed. I I think that's how he developed the juggernaut method or whatever. But really, the juggernaut method was just, and he calls it phase potentiation. And all that means is like spending a lot of time longer than most people expect on a single phase and if that phase is fitness which when i say fitness it doesn't mean running on a fucking treadmill it it's literally for your sport the the ability to take on more and more training needs to be set and not only does it need to be set it needs to be set over a long long time you can't just say oh i did a 4 week fitness base hypertrophy phase now i'm ready for a big strength bridge and then I go for competition lifts. You need to no, they need like years. stretch it out. <laughs> yeah. And so what he would do is, I mean, he said like one time, man, when I was coming back, I did like eight sets of 10 uh, with like minimal rest on back squat with like 185. And I had just been, I had been back squatting like 
I think he's in the 900s or something like that. Yeah. Well, he, raw. He, yeah. I mean, he competed at Big Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. He and and yeah. um. And and he's like that. And then he just built from there. He started so light, but he would do yep. just endless reps, mm-hmm. and he would sweat, and he would be out of breath. And mm-hmm. like, I go to the gym now, and I I hope there's some kids in my gym listening. They're younger kids. They're USAPL kids, and they sit down. For five minutes in between each rep, I go, what competition is coming up? <laughs> yeah. None, none of them are sweating, oh, dude. That's no, what I'm talking about. Dude. None that's of exactly them are fucking sweating. Their three singles take them like I was an like, hour to yeah, do. Yeah, like, it blew my mind. I was like, yeah. who the, like, what, com- if you're, if you're going to compete soon, like, yeah, that makes sense, right? Because that's your sport. You pull once, you sit down for five to ten minutes to even maybe longer. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, definitely ten yeah. minutes is reasonable. Let your nervous so, system chill out. Yeah, and second. then you go again, right? Yeah. But when you're away from that, yeah. like get some like sweat. Yeah. God, I swear hard. to God, there isn't a one power lifter sweating. Yeah. I like, sweat pretty hard. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> and that's why like, I've always, uh, I've always liked you guys because, one, you guys squat really low and you can sit at comfortable bodyweight sure. squat, which I've never seen a power lifter do, which is, you know, you. respect from the weightlifter. Yeah. respect from the weightlifter. You know what I mean? And like you do hey, flexible things, and then you can you can also snatch really well. So I like that. But just shit like that you to me, that? like, and and he, it's he funny, just... Joey basically did that without even really thinking that he was doing that. He was just doing a hypertrophy phase. But you were you were working hard. Mm-hmm. You were working on your base. You yeah, know, it's, it's always funny too. Like, I mean, being a gym owner, you see all sorts of stuff going on in the gym, but. People come up and talk about conditioning and their powerfuls, and I'm just like, "Yeah, just rest less." And they just look at me, and I'm like, "You're resting for five minutes. Why don't you rest for two minutes, or you know, one minute? Do on the minute reps or whatever." Um, I'm rejoicing heresy. over here heresy. as he says. Heresy. Yeah, it's crazy. But I, but uh, kind of piggybacking, we're talking about the longevity uh, and also long-term planning. Um, working with Dr. Mike, I was kind of giving him my layout of what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go and how I want to get to 275. And immediately he's like, all right. So I'm um, thinking, you know, like two or three years. And I'm like, any person who would hear that and like, didn't have experience <laughs> probably would have just been like, yeah, I'm fucking, he's so right. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like, I'm like, I, they would just been like, I'm fucking out of here. But I was like, okay, no, like I'm, I'm down. And, and he even said it was a test. Cause he's like, you know, if you say it to somebody right away, they'll be like, they they wanted it in like six months, yep. you know, and, it, and it's going to be, you know, you gain, you come down, you maintain like just on and off until we get to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, in my mind, I'm like, all right, two, three years to be at a good, healthy 275. Like, yeah, I'm fine with that. What, like, what was your baseline starting? Like, uh, so like I say like a year ago or two years ago. Yeah. So I always fluctuated probably between uh, like 235 to 245 within the, but what we did is. I went from 250 back down to under 230, um, and I lost a good amount of weight over the the last couple of months doing the hypertrophy work, and then just started gradually massing um, back up. Has your body comp changed though? Did you go from like more body fat to less body fat to more body fat to less? But like right now, I have the most muscle mass I think I've I've ever had. Uh, strength wise, I haven't been training strength, so to me mentally, it feels really fucking weird. Like. You know, I don't know where my numbers would be at, but I know long term, it's totally necessary. I guarantee you, if you tested, it'd be higher than you think it is. Yeah, it's probably think, higher, and then it would also potentiate much faster. Yeah, if he went into a strength phase, sure. he would potentiate in. Yeah, I'm sure. super stoked for the strength phase. Like, obviously, like you know, 
doing singles is a skill. Like yeah. that, that's something I haven't trained. So it's like, that yeah. was going to take some time to get back. Your leverage might be different too. Yeah. But like physique wise, I've, I have the most muscle mass that I've yeah. ever had. Damn. Brian likes to hear that. Bravo for you is doing it the right way because it's like I look at myself because I started my first powerlifting I ever did was four years ago and I weighed 245 pounds. Yeah, you guys want to hear a really great like story? You want to hear a really great story about Marcus's first powerlifting meet? Oh, uh, yeah. This is great. <laughs> I decided to do it last second and I knew Ian at the time because we went to high school together. So I called him up and I'm like, "Hey, bro, like I want to go compete at this thing. It was called Battle of the Bay up in Tampa." This I don't was... think we had hung out before this. No, nah, I just randomly I was like, <laughs> "I know this guy's kind of nuts." I was like, "I want him to help me cut some weight." <laughs> I was walking around at like 250 something, and I wanted to cut down to 242. And I, you know, I'd never done a meet before, never done a water cut before, I never did any of this stuff. So he kind of gave me this whole protocol on how to do it. So I stopped eating and drinking like 24 hours prior. He picked so- me up. And we went to I, we went to Publix so he could buy a laxative and I could buy food for the drive to Tampa. Yeah, you know what food he bought on the drive? While well, I was sitting there fasted and starving. Guess, <laughs> just guess. Uh, burgers, donuts, worse. I get ice cream. An entire pint of ice cream. So uh. I'm sitting there, <laughs> like holding. I was driving for some reason, holding on to dear life, and there he is, Captain Dickhead in the passenger seat, eating a pint of ice cream, and I'm sucking on ice chips. So he brings me up to this while this we place. Were, while we were driving. Sorry, I get interrupt. While we were driving, two hours out, I got him to take the laxative. <laughs> yeah, well, that was you know the laxative was the way to cut at the time. I tried that like the next couple times, and then I stopped cutting weight forever. So we got there, and I was supposed to cut weight in this in a in a hot tub, which was supposed to work. My mom, it, it, we we were staying at my mom's <laughs> place. The hot tub was supposed to be working. Work. She told me it was working, and uh, it was supposed to be working. And we got there, and it wasn't working, and it wasn't even turned on. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I just said, "It's got to come out of your asshole, man." <laughs> There's so a t-shirt right that, there. That night, I downed a whole bottle of of uh, milk of, of magnesia. Oh, oh man! Oh my god! You know what? I that felt is like kind of a move, though, dude. Like not a good move. No, but like a shitty move. No, I, it is hard to poop when you're cutting. Oh yeah, it really is. Not a, when you take milk of mag, baby. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Clear you out. So I made weight, and then I actually ended up. Actually ended up bombing out because I, I, I oh, oh, did you? Yeah, you want to know why? Because I was a weightlifter for the past two years and I didn't bench ever. So like, I tried to bench. I was like, oh, I'll just go one forty, and then I like skipped like a rack command. And then Marcus like, oh. bombed on one forty in his first. Yeah, I no, I failed a hundred and fifty kilo bench at the time. He went one forty, missed the command. Went one fifty, missed the lift. And then what happened? And then I like they let me take like a guest lift, and I pulled like a two hundred ninety kilo deadlift at the end just for fun. And then uh, then I got smart after that, started gaining some weight, and uh, started. That's what I'm up. doing right now, baby. Yeah, I ended up going up to like two seventy five, and that. yeah. But I, we were talking about with him though is like I actually I'm struggling, dude, to put on the weight. Like it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Just because I get full, like, and I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm like thinking of people like, dude, you really got to be strategic and 
like you got to get these meals in because sometimes I'll have you know a big ass meal and I'll be satiated for like five or six hours. Yeah. And then by the end of the night, I'm not hitting the calories I need, mm. and then you go to bed. I think the secret, or the secret for me when I'm eating more and trying to be bigger and thicker and gain weight, like meat prep, is liquid calories. Yeah. Like I, I like when I'm trying to be leaner. I'm doing drinking mostly water or like a like a like a calorie free soda whatever, mm-hmm. and then the thing that changes is that like my water intake goes down, and I replace that with like milk, orange juice, like literally anything that has like high carb, protein, fat, whatever. Yeah, you know, what really helped. I th- I mean, because I I can naturally gain weight pretty easily, but I did. I did back to back to back to back to back to back meat preps for like three and a half years. Yeah, you went pretty hard like for a while. Two or three competitions a year for the first year, so I was always prepping for something. And at that point, you're just kind of locked into this repetitive, yeah. like because you're all, like at, for me, I was always getting stronger, so I would I would add fifty pounds. I was like, oh shit, I can hit a two k total pretty soon. So eventually, my goal was to hit a two k total. It's like, oh shit, I hit a two k total. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you keep going, and then for the next three meets, it's like adding another <coughs> fifty pounds, fifty pounds, and you're kind of just locked into this cycle of yeah. lifting really heavy and chasing really heavy totals, and that's like. But you 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 potentiated really fast. Kind of like me, also. Yeah, I think like I, you were still gaining an off season, like pretty predict, predict predictably. Yeah, my thing is with strongman, like still being able to move to the best of my ability. Where like I feel like if I had more just static events, I wouldn't really care so much. But for me, it's like I don't want to lose any of that athleticism. So I'm just trying to like make sure it's like super regimented so that I can still move as well. That's I think thing, that's man. why I think that's why gaining weight is hard. It's not hard if you're doing what I'm doing right now, yeah. which what, is wait, eating. What, what are you doing right uh, now? I just ate a buffalo chicken wrap while you guys were talking. Was that was it quality at least? Yeah, it was really good. Really? Like, yeah, like real chicken, got, not those French chicken. fries are melted. Yeah, I'm gonna eat them anyways. No, I know. I'm just saying, like those are the soggiest like bar fries I've ever seen. Yeah, and I'm gonna eat them, and it's <laughs> one and it's one a.m. But like, if you want to put on good mass and not be an idiot like myself you have to like everything in your everything else in your life has to be regimented and good as well sleep like you got to wake up at the same time every day eat at similar times every day and make sure that you're hitting what you need to hit what happens when you want to gain weight is if you get behind in the day yeah that's when it really starts fucking with you because yeah. you might not be hungry that's what to happens eat, to me yep. to, to double up on your carbs or to to do those things and i think if you do fuck up, I think probably liquid is probably the best way to catch back up. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's what I found was hard. Like, okay, if you wake up at 8 a.m. and you have your first meal and then your second meal and then you go train, what if you sleep in the next day yeah. or or something like that? So you have to have the other shit wired in as this, well. This well, is going to be kind of going way back to what you were talking about earlier about the be- like stuff on the internet and stuff. So as a YouTuber, something that I struggle with is I try to be always – just straight up and real with people. And the issue with that is, is that people want fancy shit. Like they want the newest and the best. And I feel like everything that I say is just so repetitive. And it's like, literally it's the basics. Like we're talking about right now, like just basic sleep, eat, train hard. Like, and that's what it is. Like it's just the consistency. Uh, Yeah. And then, you know, make adjustment. Like it's nothing going to be anything crazy. Like if we were to talk about kind of stuff, but the issue is that 
we could tell that to somebody, but that's still not the answer that I feel like that they want. No. Now, listen, the conversation about drugs is a moot point. The conversa- that, that conversation is almost like it should be – it's not disclosed. It could be disclosed. But my point is like the things that should be talked about because like I'll have young people come up and ask me because like they'll see my dad. They'll see like my competition totals. Like it speaks for itself, right? And they'll ask me, like, well, what do you, like, what do you, number one, the question I get all the time now is, like, what do you eat and what do you do to, like, what's your training program like? And my answer is, it wouldn't be applicable and it wouldn't be applicable. Number two, they ask me all these other questions about, and I'm sure everybody gets these questions about the drugs and, like, it's irrelevant, right? Because the conversation again, well, is. It's, again, not, a, not applicable. Not applicable. No, it's not yeah. applicable because the conversation is, how long you've been training? How hard do you train? How many days a week do you train? What's your nutrition like? What's your stress like? Number one thing people don't consider stress and sleep. Okay, stress and sleep. I actually said I've said this a lot. Stress is the number one PED, dude, Mm -hmm. or lack of it. Yep, it's a performance destroying drug. Right. Well, that I would say. Let's say low stress is like the highest PED I've ever had ever. Just not having stress, thousand percent, loving what you do, and like waking up and being happy is like. You go to the gym and it's just your training sessions are through the roof. You have yeah. no burden. You have no mental or but physical. You also burden. have to not give a fuck about it either. It's like I get to do this because oh, I enjoy it, right? That's like the overarching thought process that I hope, and I'm sure amongst a lot of my peers, I'm sure you guys could say the same thing. Is like you go in and have fun. It's just like hardwired into you. Why are you in there training so hard every day? Well, there's no real good answer to yeah. that. But for some no. reason, we all have the same predisposition to like want to go lift heavy weights and mm-hmm. there's no good answer for why that's the it's a case. fucking gift bro i yeah ever yeah. since i was introduced to the weight room for me i never understood the kids that didn't like it and maybe to them it wasn't as much of a game you know i saw it as a game it was like you yeah, know you get better at this yeah you get better and you grow yeah. dude seeing yourself like grow like when i was 14 years old i would do curls and like Wake up the next day and be like, "Oh my god! Like, Dude, what I, is this?" I, you, know? you guys it, probably don't know. This, I still don't have anything there, but <laughs> I, uh, I used to be a competitive video gamer. Like, nice. and I, I play sports and everything, but I love video games. And I literally remember sitting there because I loved RPGs and shit like that. Yeah. And I was like, "Like, it sounds corny and cliche, but I was like, yo, life is the sickest RPG like ever." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you're yeah. in the gym and you're like, "Yo, I'm just gonna fucking build my character," you know? And like, I got hooked to that shit. Like, dude, even in like, school, we're like the same person. Yeah, dude. Dude, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's so but, sick. But no, like, I wish I thought nerds. like that. You <laughs> nerds, but, but dude, like you were, you were saying, Zach. No, I got you. Like, I got you. I got you. He was like, uh, "Were you good in school?" And I was like, "Actually, I wasn't." But like, I switched my mind, and I was like, "How can I fucking kick the shit out of this like subject?" Yeah, yeah. And then I became obsessed with just like just trying to beat the game. I didn't care about whatever I was learning. It was like just beat the game. Yeah. You know, so that's why I, I like I train. Obviously, there's tons of benefits, but to me, it's like, dude, like we're living in the sickest RPG world, and you can create every decision that you want. Like, I, I find I think this this topic that we're on right now is going to be very interesting because I think this weekend we're gonna we're supposed to be doing the presidential fitness test. Wow. Uh, we haven't right. done it yet. Childhood, <clears throat> Which tra- is childhood sit trauma. And reach, <laughs> sit and reach. Flex arm hang. Oh, my <laughs> God. Adult sit and reach trauma. Pull, pull-ups. Well, mile run. Visa, yeah. uh, flexibility mile, mile test. Mile, a mile Which is a sit time, and reach. It's a mile, mile for time. Strict pull-ups. Push-ups in a minute. Sit-ups in a minute. And I think there's a shuttle run, which I'm going to do terrible at. If we do, someone's it. gonna pull a hamstring. Um, in my mind, I'm like gonna kill that shoulder run. I go to make the cut, and my ankles are just giving out. Wait, I think we're like 
Really? Is this like a sick joke on me? We're like, <laughs> like we, like, like we all have to say to do that because you're like, we know you got this guy coming. I know he's not light. We were, we all have a separate group text that you're not in. I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> we all said, like, what is the worst like, thing like, we like, could do? Fuck we with Marcus the most. <laughs> just like I know. <laughs> presidential peer pressure him into running a mile i do want to actually get marcus like fired up and see how many strict pull-ups you can get dude i'm not not pretty good he's pretty good that's what i'm saying i'm not doubting that you are i still want to see it oh yeah it's impressive as shit yeah yeah no i'll do some pull-ups that's dude pull-ups aren't a problem it's just anything that requires like putting pressure on my fucking joints this was the coolest thing man sucks did we all start working out at like a young age for 15 14 13 12 so Jesus. so for this is an interesting one when i got to college i actually started squatting because uh lacrosse we had the, we were in the weight room four four times a week and we squatted almost like every day which was i mean i didn't like it but i remember just were you being, this tall in, in high school yeah that's all you Six three? Six four. Oh my god. <clears throat> yeah. You are taller than me dude and that's so, so i have these stretch marks on my legs that for a long time, they were like purple. red yeah, and purple, red. and Been there. Uh, and now they're just kind of like faded in. But yeah. those, like the growth in my legs from squatting in college, was insane. Yeah. And then I also couldn't do a pull up. Actually, I could do like one or two when I got to college. Uh. And then um, one year in, I got twelve, and I, that was those two things were the biggest changes physically in my life that I will ever go through. Just like, like how your body grew and changed dude, from doing that. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't push ups, it wasn't bench press, squats it wasn't and pull-ups. And squats and pull ups. Dude, I've never like I didn't even know that my body could do that. Like I, I always saw kids doing pull ups when I was younger. I was like, Oh, that's just not me. Like I'll just never do that. That just doesn't make sense because every time I try to pull it just like doesn't go anywhere. And then my coach at the time, my strength coach, and this is so cool, he, he was like, dude, all you got to do is one. And then tomorrow, we'll do three sets of one. Yeah. And then 10 sets of one. And then a couple weeks from now, we'll see how many you can get. Oh, you got five? Let's do three sets of five. You know, it's just basically like overload. And then I think I got, like I said, I got 12 strict pull-ups, which for me is crazy. But that whole time, I made that game of trying to get another one or whatever. And I like woke up, you know, I came home from look, uh, from school. Someone saw me and they like, didn't recognize me. Cause like I was a string bean when I left, but yeah. like, it was almost like I didn't even put any effort into it, you know? Cause in my mind it was just, yeah, yeah it was one of those weird things. And you're like, that's ah, not for me. It's not my exercise, yeah. modality, whatever. It was just a game. Dude, it was- I, I, you know what? I, you just, you, Totally off topic. You made me want to ask you a question. Can we totally switch here? Because I want to ask you about the Olympics. Okay, go. I want to ask you about weightlifting in the Olympics. Okay, go go ahead. So Olympics are pushed off. Like, what's your thoughts? Like, this is for all of strength sports besides strongman having <clears throat> world's strongest man, which might or might not happen. Fuck, I forgot about the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, so I, I'm lucky. Like, I'm cool. So, like, one of my good friends is Fernando Reyes. Yeah, and he just got kicked in the nuts. Because he can't compete this year. Yeah, yeah. that was really shitty. He was in amazing shape. Yeah. He's strong right now. So, like, what's your take on it? What's your take on them pushing back the Olympics? Do you think they're going to change things about weightlifting in the Olympics? Like, I know we could probably do a whole episode about just that, but I kind of want to pick your brain well, on it. Well, so I, the Olympics are no different from any other sport. If you train really hard for your trials 
or whatever it is, your selection process, and then now you have to push your training back a year, that's devastating. That's why we, we are in the room with people who are nerds around programming. You peak mm-hmm. for a moment. And this moment happens once every four years. And now you have to say, oh, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to reset the, the shit back? You know, because you only have one more year. So it's like four plus one. It's not four plus four. It's not like you work for a quad and then you work for another quad. So in that in that instance, it's brutal for Fernando. But you just take like an impromptu off season or something but and then just rebuild. Fernando from... also came off of a brutal season of lifting because they made a bunch of new rules oh, yeah, where you six, had to compete a fuck with this, yeah, no, which is horrifyingly bad. Yeah. This is this is one of the things that sucks too. Is how are you supposed to develop the GPP of? And there's two different versions of GPP. One of them is like, can you jump, run, play? And then there's also how much, and this is that fitness, how much training can you put on yourself? Mm -hmm. And you can only really develop that specific fitness, you know, once a year. Like like work capacity in terms of your specific sport of choice. And here's an example of that. Um, One thing that I was doing for a while that actually really helped my snatch was like, uh, one push press behind the neck, so snatch grip push press plus overhead squat times three in one. So that's one set. So it's push. It's a complex times three. Mm-hmm. You put the bar down and you rest sixty seconds and you do eight sets of that. Heavy, um, heavy or no? No, right. not heavy at all. Like sixty percent. And what you're develop you're developing fitness to snatch. It's GPP, but for snatching, and that sort of lifting cannot be done. Eight weeks out of competition. You can't do that. It has to be so, done like months so and months Fernando out. goes eight weeks, competes. Maybe two-week grace period, another eight week. You got to go to this Pan Am thing. You got to go to this thing. So maybe pushing it back a year might be a blessing in disguise, but he's also getting older. Yeah. He's been involved in this sport for so long now. Which like, he's still... By the way, if you see his training, he is crushing it right now. Yeah. So strong as an so ox. I think it might help. Right, he can develop things. He can have more fun. He can try new things. Yeah, this he is did, he hit a three hundred and fifty kilo. I saw deadlift. that. I saw that, and it looks pretty deadlift. easy. Oh yeah, looks pretty easy. easy. Gonna pull eight hundred. His pounds positioning was a little funny because he was he's obviously not used to yeah. pulling with like, so a, like that kind of form. That brings me to my next <clears throat> tangential thought. Right, like you're a weightlifter. You program for only weightlifters, right? Yeah, you're good at what you do. Do you think weightlifters could learn more from powerlifters and strongmen and CrossFit yeah. athletes? No, like, that how would that look? Like let's say you take a weightlifter and you're like, I'm gonna design it's, it's all the same game, Marcus. It just yeah. it's our end finishing point is different. It's the same thing. Right. We use a barbell for for at least for powerlifting and weightlifting. We use a barbell as our training device. And it's the same thing in you you need to grow tissue over time. You have to. If you don't, you you can expect plateau. It's well, just physical, right? Purely from a strength point of view, like let's just take let's just take one component. Component number one is strength. Component number two be hypertrophy. Component number three could be like general fitness and like maybe implementing strongman modalities where, yes. you're, where you're lifting so awkward objects. Here we go. Stuff, this you know? this is a great example. One of my favorite things to program uh, is just really heavy sandbag front squats so in like that bear hug position because there's nothing more demanding 
because you're you're making the moment arm impossible. Are you trying? Are you talking in terms terms of a weightlifter? Training a weightlifter to stay upright and yeah, get back. and I don't think that there's a better way to train the core specifically for weightlifting than maybe for other, you know, spinal flexion. To me, is just not worth it because we don't really do it that much. We want a rigid spine, yeah. and if we want that rigid spine to grow bigger, all you have to do is implement awkward things with large moment arms. Yeah. I swear and to God, force somebody to maintain an upright If you position. do, if you have someone, this is one of my favorite things too. Is like, you can implement the fatigue after you get the work done. That's what I tell my guys. It's uh-huh. like, so if we have a hard clean and jerk day, we'll get what I want out of you in the clean and jerk. But then when I want to fatigue the shit out of you, we'll go to front squats. Sure. So it's essentially we're just taking this clean and jerk workout and we're extending it. Mm-hmm. So what if we instead of doing front squats on that clean and jerk workout day, we grabbed a heavy sandbag. We made the moment arm go further away, and now we just do squats there. It's essentially we're specific and general at the same time. And because the moment arm's further out, you can probably use lighter weight to achieve the same stimulus. Exactly, and, and it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, and it makes holding onto a barbell feel like a dream come yeah, true because it's right up in there and their yeah. collar. But I, I'd say, as far as developing qualities, like there aren't enough weightlifters who are training like powerlifters, and there aren't enough powerlifters who are training like weightlifters. And none of them are training enough with the mindset of fitness. So that's where – and I don't want to say CrossFit because I don't even think CrossFit to a certain extent trains fitness the right way. And no, we could go on a huge tangent on that because yeah. I know you, you want to talk about that. Yeah. But less rest. Mm-hmm. Like do – you want to do fives? Do fives, but don't do them maximally. Just take away some rest. Get some sweat going. Yeah. Well – you know that's applicable for most i would say that's applicable for most until you start to get like i know i'm in like a weird niche in the strength world where like i'm a bigger dude and yeah the training you apply to those people like what i would tell fernando is like sometimes when i was sitting there training with fernando where i'm just shooting the shit with him and i'm like he wants to go every two minutes and he's about to clean 200 pounds or 200 kilos and i'm like motherfucker go sit down you got 220 on the bar and he like i would force him to do it a couple times and his results would dramatically change because they are – you can't approach a heavy weight with your nervous system all riled up, your adrenaline going, and you're out of breath. If you're a big dude and you're lifting heavy weights, the calculus completely changes because for a guy like him, you need more rest. You I just trained – I just started training my first super heavy that was – he was a national uh, bronze medalist. I saw that guy. Wait, what's yeah. his name? Caesar. Caesar Flores. He's got a mm-hmm. big haircut, a big he's, hairdo, right? He's my man, dude. And – Training him has been awesome because now I'm learning and I'm, this is me as a coach, like growing, like I'm telling him like, Hey man, like I've never worked with a super heavy before. However, I know what individual differences are. I know what you're going through. Do not expect me to say, you know, this is weightlifting. You do, you because this guy did this, you have to do this. Like I understand. Tell me how you feel and we'll change it based on how you feel. And not only that, it's like, okay, you clean and jerk 200 kilos. Uh, and you're going to clean and jerk 220. Like at some point, he's going to clean and jerk 220. It's only a matter of time. So what I do with him is, first off, cleans are low skill. Clean and jerk is pretty low skill once you get it. Yeah. And he's got it. So what we're doing now is we're only clean and jerking hard. And, and that's a big distinction in, in my, you know, for some people, clean and jerking hard and clean and jerking not hard because they're not efficient, yeah. because they're not you know, good. Sure. There's no difference. But for Caesar, if he clean and jerks 200, it's going to fuck him up for a long time. Yeah. It really will. 
the whole process of warming up to 200 and then hitting that weight, it does mess with him. So I only do it once every seven or once every nine days. So we do a heavy clean and jerk session. So how do I build the rest of our training protocol around that? Also, he back squatted 325. And like, I don't, I've never worked with anyone who's, I've only worked with like a couple guys who back squat over 225. Mm. And so, sleeves, high bar, sleeve, weightlifting yeah. style. Weightlifting, high bar, sleeves, yeah. no spotters, no nothing, just yeah. up, down with yeah. it. And so for him, it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to back squat you the way that I would back squat someone else because no. that back squat is going to destroy you. Yeah. So, yeah. so I have to. It sure will. Yeah. So that, back well, to what you said, like, I, just because you're doing weightlifting does not mean that you have a standard regimented training. But we did for a while work on his fitness level because he would rest for five to ten minutes and the, the he would thing do with singles those guys is like that, that the amount of stimulus like once you get over that bell curve and you're on that very like minute percentile people like very similar to Marcus Marcus you know, yeah. big guys and you're, the amount of stimulus these guys get from and it's the same with any high level power lifter any super heavy the amount of stimulus these big guys get from or anyone gets from a lift that's six, seven, eight, nine hundred pounds, four hundred pounds, whatever, in that very elite category is it lasts longer than a couple days. Like the yeah, amount it's of weeks. Oh, it's literally yeah. weeks of yeah. This is this technical term is SRA, uh, yep, stimulus so recovery adaptation, mm-hmm. right? So this this is another thing that I'll do with my heavier guys or stronger guys, is I'll front load the SRA curves of big things. So if I want to squat Caesar heavy, I might do it once at the front of the week and then maybe nine days later. So I'll do nine-day cycles with him, which is also really fun to do. Yeah, like a 10-day split, nine-day split. That's, yeah. That's actually, there's a lot of powerlifters that do the same thing. Right. And so, they, could, they even alternate their heavy lifts back and forth week to week. What I'll do with him, though, is I will have him squat decently heavy and pull decently heavy on the same day. Because I know that those two SRA curves are going to run together. Mm-hmm. If I say you're going to squat heavy on Monday, and then you got to pull heavy on Wednesday, it's too soon. It's yeah, and it's only going to fuck up your SRA curve from that squat in the in the first t- place. That's something I never thought about until literally Max drew it for me. You know who and does that? Who does the Lily Bridges? What the what? the Lily Bridge family method of of training as a power lifter? They have a very, very specific training protocol. I mean, the Lily Bridges are maybe one of the most, like, maybe controversial, but definitely the, one of the strongest groups of powerlifters to ever right. walk the face of the planet. I mean, Eric Lilybridge holds mm. right, the, so many records. I mean, the guy's a freak. But his, his, his heaviest training day consists of a heavy squat and then right after it, a heavy deadlift. Yeah, and, and it seems counterintuitive. It's like you want your you want to focus on the squat and then you want to focus on the pull because they're both such big movements. But what you're doing is you're detracting from a point later on that you need to worry about. Mm-hmm. What what is great about Caesar is I know. Okay, all I have to say is this is when you're going to clean and jerk heavy this day right here. So everything I do here cannot affect this day right here. Right, right. So if we squat, you're going to squat six days away, five days away. Okay. And it's not going to be maximal. It's not going to be 325 because that might take nine days because you're a big dude. It's going to be something he can recover from in six days. What I will do because his snatch is much like less efficient, I'm going to put in a lot more snatch volume so he can work on the snatch. So I can actually go heavy on his snatches more often than 
you would with someone who snatches near 200 kilos. Mm. Um, so what I'll do is I'll fill the rest of his block of the week. I just go microcycle. I go week by week with him. Mm-hmm. And I'll fill the rest of his week with the snatches. And then beyond that, all I do is I'll wait until all that fatigue is built up, usually three weeks, right? Sometimes four weeks. And then we just deload. And I'll repeat until kingdom come. And then like... Eight weeks ago, I, I started working with him. We just did eight weeks of straight fitness in the way that I was mentioning, limiting rest. Uh, but it was the same idea. Yeah. So it's actually simpler when you get a guy who's really good. Like, okay. Strong yeah. man. How, how do you – that's like the that's like the missing pillar, right? So we, we've talked – because like we talked powerlifting, we talked weightlifting. There's a hypertrophy component to all this. So how do you take strong man – before we all pass out here and go to sleep, <laughs> how do you take strongman and make a better weightlifter, powerlifter, CrossFit athlete? Um. Well, it, wait. So, who are we trying to make better? Anyone. Any of them. Who's like, what, what's like, what's the common thread that you think that the other guys are missing out on that you think would be helpful? Uh. Well, I'm super strength biased, and I was actually gonna kind of bring this up with Zach here because I made a YouTube video about it. Um. I think the majority. And I could be wrong, but this is why it would be, be good to talk to you about it. I stopped also programming for weightlifters. I used to program, and I just stopped. Now I just focus on strength training and uh, strongman primarily. But what I noticed is that, uh, like you said, the, the learning curve for you know cleans and snatches can be picked up relatively quick, let's just say, by the, the average person. But I think a lot of those athletes just put way too much time into complexes and bar path over and over and over again and not focusing on building their strength. So it's like absolute strength, absolute strength. So you just see people like trying to clean the bar over and over again, just getting buried and buried and buried. Actually, I would, I would argue that they do develop absolute strength, but they do that too quickly. We talked about phase potentiation, right? Mm -hmm. What weightlifters are guilty of is building absolute strength without any base before it. Right. So, so weightlifters love maxing out their poles and their, and their back squats, but they look their knees flail around and they slam the bottom Mm -hmm. and they don't grow the muscles. So what they're doing is they're, they only work absolute strength. They only work on, but not intelligent, but not intelligently. So you got, so you got these people. So, so you're right. I'm not, I'm not saying like, no, no, we work on strength. Basically worded better the way, like that's what I was trying to make the point. Yeah. Yeah. They don't phase their strength training. It's, it's, Okay, this is this is a great one. We it's just got like, done with the competition. I got to get my legs stronger. So what's the first thing I do? Fives at a relative intensity that's 90%. Yeah. That is not no. – you, you can't yeah. work at a high relative intensity immediately because you're just going right back to what you're, yeah. you did before. You're not growing. I think the issue is that a lot of these athletes – they like you said they're jumping in and they're thinking strength 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 when in reality it's like you have to think about the tissue you know uh, itself has a certain tensile strength your tendons your ligaments your body you're only going to be able to peak as much as your foundation can support Mm -hmm. and a lot of these athletes don't under that that's kind of their missing link and kind of you just went through your own hypertrophy cycle so you essentially just grew the width of your foundation so you can support a higher peak from that and so like you take an athlete who goes into you know these lower rep scheme higher percentage training cycles because they're like i need to get stronger when in reality the supporting musculature around their hip joint or their knee joint or whatever just 
isn't capable from a bottom-up standpoint of even supporting the lifts that they're trying to push their body to. It's like they just they need to go back to the beginning and rebuild from the ground up and then go through the entire process again and probably spend way more time than they even realize they need to spend there. Like, you know, longer than a month it needs to be. Yeah. It, like, can it, your chest support 500 pounds? Yeah. I don't care if you can arch your way to it and have a three-inch yep. range of motion. I think that's laughable. Well, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm gonna get hate, hate on by, by the USAPL crowd, but I'm sorry if, you're, if your justification is maxing out but, the rules of your federation. You cannot actually do the weight. You're doing a weighted elbow bend. And that is like that, here's the thing. That, then that that that's why I was ranting earlier. Is like I see a lot of these young cats in 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 powerlifting. But the best, but the best USAPL guys, like I, because I know I know heavier USAPL guys. It's not the heavier ones though. I know it's the lighter ones who like no one's beating them. That's that's the problem. Is no one's beating them with a non arch? I think, and not only that. If if the, you look the, at the arch isn't the problem. The arch is a symptom. It's the specificity of, is the problem, well, no, right? No, like, it's like it's like they're maximizing their ability to leverage these very strange, like the the types of squats I see in the USAPL, the types of low bar back squats I see in the USAPL, and the types of bench presses and deadlifts are like I've never seen a big strong dude do anything like that because the the difference is somebody one of them's relying on kind of like maximizing the geometric efficiency of their body as opposed to maximizing their expression of strength. Right, and I think until someone beats the shit out of them, they're going to continue to do that. And But what I would say is like, hopefully, once you get to the best of the best, it's not going to be that. Like, I think kids will see the arch and they'll do the arch and they'll do singles and they'll do singles until like, kingdom well, here, and they I, won't I, ever I develop lot, the chest. I'm kind of, I'm I kind see of a lot of green. young kids doing that. Like I know. the last gym I trained at, all of them, all of them emulate the shit you see on social media. Yeah. And it's like, hey dude, like you should go do some dumbbell flies and do some push ups or like literally build like mm-hmm. you look I agree. you yeah. look small. And I'm not saying that to an insult them. No, it's that's like, like the reason a guy like Julius Maddox can hold seven hundred pounds above his chest is because he's huge. He's big, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to like, yeah. you know, you felt seven hundred pounds in your back before, six hundred pounds in your back before. Your your body, your spine, your back, like your legs, everything has to be big and mm-hmm. strong enough to well, support. The, it. the fact of the matter is that over like a lot of times people think they they. They only think that a muscle, they're thinking about their muscle tissue adapting, but the fact of the matter is that your whole body fundamentally, physiologically, over the and course of years and years, too. adapts and changes. Your bones get more dense, mm-hmm. your your joints get stronger, your connective mm-hmm. tissue gets stronger, your your skin yep. gets thicker, like your body physiologically changes on a cellular level. And a lot of you know these athletes you're referring to, Marcus, they're trying to get stronger. It's almost like their way of shortcutting, actually yes. going back to the beginning, getting stronger. They're trying yeah. to max out yeah. the leverages and get yes. stronger. With, like in the short term, it's like their way of shortcutting, going back to the beginning and doing the work because they think well, if they can so get their chest an inch here, higher. Or, here we have what this is all a loading. This is all a loading issue and all a specificity based loading issue. How can I tell if my legs are getting stronger? It's the number on my back for for back squats. So 
if someone is finishing weightlifting, I see this shit all the time. Like I said, f- sets of five at 90% relative or higher, which is, uh, it, it's like usually 87% or, or 85% or anywhere above 80% you're starting as your base working on fitness. That's just already yeah, too high. way too high. Yeah. So what they oh, see is, okay, what might happen is say, say your back squats 200 kilos. You just finished a competition. You start doing fives. Eight weeks later, you PR your back squat by five pounds, okay? They think of that as a success because now they did the, what the job said. Mm-hmm. They, they wanted to get their legs stronger. So they looked at the load. They looked at the results. They said, hey, I got five more pounds on my back squat. Now I'm ready to snatch and clean and jerk again. But what they didn't do was develop any sort of long-term thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing long-term. They, they like, just went yeah. – a tiny bit. They might have added a tiny bit of muscle. They might have gained a little bit of weight. But what they didn't do was develop anything long term. Yeah, and and that's mess. what's happening with the fucking arched bench press is you you're know not creating they're anything. not creating anything over a long yeah, period yeah. of time. They're just going specific to specific well, to specific. Yeah. And the results are Yeah. It's like I think you were about to say something. It was t- no, but t- 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 basically back back to what your point was is we my main thing would be the, the component of just strength, so getting more strength training for longevity purposes, um, which is what's good with strongman. But on the flip side, from being a weightlifter going into strongman, the kinesthetic awareness of a weightlifter is like untouchable. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? So you take concepts like triple extension, using it with atlastones, log clean yeah. and presses. Now you throw in all the jerk variations. The only reason that I was competitive as a 105 early on was because I knew how to jerk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was yeah. fast. So you could literally you're 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 competing against six, ten, however many other dudes, and they're all doing this awkward, yeah. inefficient pressing, yeah, whatever. Sort of, yeah, yep. And you take fifty pounds more than that, and you jerk it, yep. and you're lighter, and it's yeah. like they're like you, you wait, you actually it's like a magic trick, an yeah. efficient overhead yep. position. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know who's super impressive and strong man that split jerks is Rob Kearney. Yeah, Kearney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. shit! That yeah. Dude, he just split jerked what like two hundred ten yep. kilos. Yeah, he's, he's with beast. Log long yep. with a log. He's yeah. a, he split jerks and he's that, like two hundred eighty pounds. Uh, Mikhail Kokulev did that at World's Strongest Man. I'll never forget it, man. Did he? He took a. Uh, uh, it must have been a two hundred kilo log. When did he compete? Someone did. Uh, someone did five. It was like a push press at 500-something recently. I oh, his name. Iron Bibby. Yeah, 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 dude. Iron Bibby, 260-kilo push press in the, oh my in gosh. the fucking like, – So, it's yeah. in like – 260 it's like, kilos? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fucked. Yeah. He's, he, he lives in like yeah. – Guy, I don't yeah. know. Somewhere. That was actually <laughs> yeah, like, like very myth, un- That was mythical, dude. That was like – It's insane. Just, so, and he re-racked it without touching yeah. his shoulders. This is crazy about <laughs> Kokulev, too. Kokulev did a – a 270 behind the neck jerk. Oh yeah, in Apollo. Uh in Apollo, he did Gym five shorts. he did 5 by 5 at some, like high bar at some criminally high weight. Um but it, like seven something. Here here's something that I would say both powerlifters and strongman lack and that all you guys have is flexibility and mobility. Yeah. So that's what I think weightlifting taught me going into power. Yes. That was that's so slowly important. diminishing on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but having, having some sort of a base in, no, in no, like, yeah, you don't yeah. lose it. Like lose telling it. a well, powerlifter, telling but, a powerlifter yeah. to sit in like an upright body weight, weight squat. They're like, what? And then yeah. put your hands overhead vertically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's I, tough. I might. Know. I'm sure you guys are losing that one. Slowly oh, but surely. Is, you know oh, what it is? It is tough. It is really tough to like keep your shoulders mobile. If you're a heavy bencher. Yeah. It's, 
it's and deadlift too. That shit pulls you forward, man. Mm. I would just say my my front it. rack has been that's been the biggest thing yeah. for me. I can't I can't, I can't front, front rack right now. Well, actually, I probably can now because I've got. I can't because I of these shit. fucking pythons <laughs> I got, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Hey right. guys, we are we're at about a little over an hour. And, That's good. Dear and Lord. It's late, so we should probably yeah, we should yeah, probably yeah. end it. How about did, that for an episode? That was a good episode. One. Did wait do do we decide on a name? Fortitude Live, or is it uncensored? This is not Fortitude Uncensored. We definitely this, cursed. <laughs> this one might be a Fortitude Uncensored episode. The name of the podcast is Fortitude Live. All right, Fortitude Live. All right, so this is episode one of Fortitude Live officially. If we guys, if you guys want to go around and say your name and plug your Instagram and your brand and your channels and everything, we can go around. We'll start with you, Joey. All right, uh, Joey Zatmary on Instagram at ZatStrength. I own the Lion's Den in Colmar, PA, which is a strength and conditioning facility. We have a lot of power lifters, strong men, just a really kick-ass place. If you're in the area, check it out. Uh, website zastrength.net just trying to put out good quality uh, content for the strength and conditioning community Zach Zach Tellender on YouTube coach underscore ZT on Instagram part time bathing suit model oh you like that <laughs> some thirst trapping going oh, on was I not supposed to say that on <laughs> I don't know no I was doing I was doing a little bit of thirst trapping on my uh, <laughs> on my Instagram I had a post up there alright are you, are you still going no that's it though. okay yeah I wanted to say I'm Rob and I also like to party. Or I'm Ron and I also like to party. <laughs> I thought your name was Jeff. My name Jeff. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, Marcus, plug your shit. I'm the co-host. Yeah, you got. Yeah, I'm the co-host. Hey, don't worry podcast. about me. Let's. <laughs> can Can we even hear him through his mic? Can you? Uh, I mean, I can hear him, but I don't know if it's him or the mic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I really hope we can hear you through your mic. Otherwise, there's just going to be a lot of long dead silences. Yeah. No, I, I can I can hear myself. Yeah, yeah no, I can yeah, hear no, you. I got Maybe it. you'll have to turn that part. All right, this is Marcus. Marcus is the co-host, but we actually have to go back and re-record a podcast with just the two of us. Yeah. So this might be episode two by the time things come to bear. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, at Marcus. Good so, info, man. This is Ian, your main host. Ian the Rhino on the Fortitude Live podcast, um, signing out. That's it. We're going to go to bed now. Bye.